five. Uh, let's read seventeen. For as by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. 6.1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Amen. Father in heaven, O holy God, bless your word to our hearts. Thank you for your holy word. Lord God, please uh, touch us and guide us in this short study this evening or there this afternoon. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, it feels kind of strange because it's nine o'clock at night here, and I realize there it's only one o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, praise the Lord for His goodness that no matter what time zone you're in, if you're in Christ, I pray that we would be um, secure in Him. But this passage came to my mind because again, as we were out evangelizing today. makes me think of how do good works fit into salvation? It, it really is the great question that needs to be answered because people automatically know that, that God has called us to obedience, that God has called us to live according to what he has commanded, right? It's, it's innately in our, it's in our nature to know that God is requiring something of us or, or God's law is, is written on our hearts in Romans chapter 2. I would believe that the text there is saying that God's law is written on our hearts that we know it's wrong already to violate God's law. So it's, it's so difficult for people that are hearing the gospel and that are unconverted to understand how good works should fit into salvation. And so it is, it, is an, it is an issue of life and death. It is an issue of salvation. It's an issue of heaven and hell to understand this all-important principle of how good works into salvation and we see in Romans 
chapter 5 that the apostle says as we started in Romans chapter 5 and 17 for as by one man's offense death reigned by one much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ so interesting that by Adam's sin, right, that by one man's offense, the sin of Adam, death reigned, or, or sin reigned in our mortal body, where we were ruled by sin and by corruption. But then the text continues and says much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So those who are have been brought into Christ aren't just saved, aren't just saved by uh, unto um, barely getting by, right? We're saved as to be overcomers, to be those who reign in Jesus Christ. It's interesting because this whole passage at the end of Romans five from twelve to twenty one seems to be almost exclusively dealing with justification. That, you know, in Romans 5.19 is a great text for people who are in the pseudo-Christian cults or anybody who's into good works, where it says, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But look at the end of the text. So by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. We asked the one gentleman today that we were witnesses to, who's the one man in that text? He knew it was Adam, because we had just talked about Adam a few minutes earlier when we were talking to the gentleman. And then who's the one man in the second part of the passage in Romans 5, 19? So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Who's that one? Joshua. Right, it's Jesus Christ. That he's, he's the one man that by his obedience, not by my obedience am I made righteous, but I, I'm, I'm made righteous in the standing and my standing before God. Why? Because Christ is righteous, and I'm trusting in His righteousness. I've rejected my own supposed righteousness, which is nothing but filthy rags. And I've come by grace. I've come by grace to trust the righteous one. So I ask people too. I ask the gentleman today. Um, how good do you have to be to get to heaven? There's a question for you, John. How good do you have to be to get to heaven? Well, Jesus said, be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. The, the, the requirement for the entrance into heaven is perfection. Right? But we have this this uh, positional, if I can call it, uh, this positional perfection. We have the perfection of Christ. This is what imputed righteousness is. So I stand perfect because Christ is righteous. And I told the gentleman today, as I tell people often, I said, my friend, you're either standing in one of two people's righteousness. You're either standing on the day of judgment in your own righteousness, and that ain't going to work out too well for you. I told him, I said, I can guarantee you, because I know myself and I know you, because I know myself, that with that, with my own righteousness, where do 
I end up? I end up in hell. That uh, my own righteousness is nothing. It is not a righteousness at all. And yet, the righteousness of Christ, through his righteousness, we stand perfect. We stand perfect. But it brings us back to the first question. Where do good works in my life fall into this? How how are they worked out in my life? How about you go to um, your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 10. Many of us know Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, but it's the gift of God, not of works, but any man should boast. The book of verse 10. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. That God has preordained, before ordained, that we should walk in good works. Just like it says in Romans that we read in chapter 5. Back to verse 17. Much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Verse 18 says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came unto all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification. So, the free gift that we have in Christ by faith, which is his righteousness, will always cause a person to live in obedience unto Christ, or we shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. Are we ruling life, or is life ruling us? That's the question. I feel that we're always dealing with things on the back end, right? Life comes to us, and we deal with it as it comes to us. And usually it doesn't work out too well, because it, it's, uh, it's filled with many problems. And we're trying to deal with these problems as they come at us, instead of, instead of dealing with them up front in the power of Christ, knowing that we stand righteous into him and, and and that should be a part of our daily meditation part of my daily meditation is the fact that i'm a poor vile wretched sinner but jesus christ is my righteousness that i stand perfect before god because of christ and what he has done and who he is and when that's our focal point we reign in life right now i'm not dealing with life as comes to me, but I'm going at life, right? I'm, I'm, I'm dealing I'm, uh, by God's grace. Now, we're not, none of us are perfect at it, but certainly we should not be ruled by life and, and just tossed to and fro by every difficulty that comes at us. And there's many difficulties in life. As we get older, we see more of them, right? And um, But no, we're reigning. We're reigning in Christ because we know that we stand. We know that we stand righteous in Him. 
by God's grace. And so really, it has to be our, our daily, I would say it has to be our daily meditation, that the, the, the position that we have in Christ, follow me on this, this is uh, hugely important, the position that we have in Christ as being righteous in, in our standing, right, that I'm perfectly righteous in Christ, and that can never change, because God has decreed it, Christ has accomplished it, the Holy Spirit has applied it to my life, right, I'm sealed by the Spirit, there's nothing that can change the decree of God, there's nothing that can change what Christ did to finish and accomplish that work, there's nothing that can change the seal of the Holy Spirit, and the same, right, that can never change. But if that's true, if it's true that I'm standing in the righteousness of Christ, I'll have power to reign in life um, because I know my confidence in Him and what He has done for me. And I really believe it's what will produce the works. Look at verse 20 of, of Romans chapter 5, verse 20. It says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Isn't it interesting? In verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. It uh, reminds me of Romans 3.19. You know 3.19, Josh? It's Romans. Romans 3.19. The law was given. That every mountain might be stopped and all the world became guilty before God. So you ask people on the street or you ask unbelievers, why was the law given? What are they going to tell you? You ask most people that are professing Christians why the law was given. And they're going to tell you, well, so you can obey God, so that you can please God, right? If you obey Him by doing what He says, then you'll be okay. You'll be justified and get righteous. But that's, that's not what it says. It says the law. The law was given in the second part of Romans 3.19, that every mouth would be stopped and all the world would stand guilty before God. So before the law was governed, before I understood God's law, my mouth was open, right? Wasn't shut until the law came. But what was I saying before the law came? What was my mouth open saying? That's right. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. God knows my heart. Boy, it really is good. Isn't it? And, uh, or, uh, I'm, the, I'm glad I'm not as bad as that guy. I'm not as bad as him. Right? I mean, Sammy, Sammy, don't you look at your brother and say, I'm not as bad as he is. Right? I know you do it, but that's what I did when I was <laughs> I was looking at my brother Bob and saying, I'm not as bad as he is. I might be bad, but I'm not as bad as he is. And, um, that's the wickedness of the human heart. It, it, it's before the law comes, but now when the law comes, when, when the law shows us our inward corruption, that's what the law has to do. At first, the law shows us our outward corruption, right? Thou shalt not lie, night and manner. Obviously, we've all lied, so the law teaches us this in violation of God's law, right? But it has to go deeper. If the law has really done its work in our heart, like the Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, um, I was once with 
rain, that a sin hath rained unto death, right, or, or, or unto hell, unto sin and death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. This death reigned in our mortal bodies that we were um, spiritually dead, destined, well, not destined to point Christ, we weren't destined to hell, but we were on our way to hell. We were on our way to eternal death, and death was reigning in our mortal body, but now grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. Now grace reigns in our bodies through his righteousness. And it leads to eternal life. It leads to this eternal glory with Christ unto eternal life. And the text ends in 21 by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Through his righteousness we're reigning. Grace is reigning unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. But then it brings us back to our original question, right? How do good works then fit into the Christian life? Go to Romans 6.1. Romans 6.1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, now that the law doesn't work in our hearts, right? If it has, it's shown us our total corruption. Now we've seen Jesus Christ and the glory of who he is and what he's done. And now, his grace through his righteousness is reigning in our life. What should we do? Should we sin? Should we just sin because we're sin abound? Grace does much more abound? Well, it's interesting. Spurgeon said, I can't quote him exactly on this. He said that if you've never been accused, this is good for Sam, if you've never been accused of being an antinomian, then you're not preaching the gospel. You see what he's saying there? If you've never been accused of, of because Paul was accused of being an antinomian. Right? The Lord Jesus Christ was was accused of being an antinomian. He answers them in Romans five seven uh, Matthew five seventeen. Right? That they they were accusing your saints to get rid of Moses' law. Is what they were saying to Christ. He said, No, I came to fulfill the law. And um and then they accuse Paul of the same thing. Romans chapter 3, just a couple pages from there. You can look at Romans 3, verse 8. You can clearly see that Paul was accused of the same thing. It says, And not rather, as we be slanderous and reported, and some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, which damnation is just. So he's saying there that there's people slandering him or speaking evil of him, saying that Paul's teaching, well, just go do evil. Just go sin then. If, if grace abounds, where sin abounds, where sin abounds, grace is much more abounds, then why don't we just sin more? We'll get more grace, right? But he answers that question in 6.1. Before I get there, though, I think Spurge is right when he says, that at some point we should be accused of being antinomian. We should be accused of saying that once you're saved, you know, it doesn't matter how you live. In the sense of when we're preaching the gospel, people are going to hear us preaching grace. They're going to hear us preaching that 
that salvation is that up there when messages come to So when when people hear us preaching grace, right? That salvation's by Christ alone, is by his grace. They're gonna say, Oh, what are you saying? That we can just go out and sin? I can go we've heard people say on the street. Well that means I can just kill somebody, it doesn't matter. If, if what you're saying is true, then I can just go kill somebody, it doesn't matter because if you're saved by grace, then then what does it really matter then? Yeah. 
have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The Christian life is the gospel, that we were justified by the gospel, and we're sanctified by the gospel, right? That we're, we're being sanctified because we've died with Christ. If you're dead with Christ, sin will not reign in your life. Because we're dead to it. We're, we're, we're dead with Christ. We've been brought into identification with his death and burial and resurrection. And his death and burial and resurrection is not just a historical fact that happened 2,000 years ago that we agree with. And now because we agree with it, we're Christians. That's not how the gospel works in the Christian life. I mean, that's part of it. Certainly, we do believe in the historical um, reality of the gospel and what Christ has done for his people. But it must go beyond that. The Spirit of God works in us, and now we're brought into identification with his death, with his burial, and with his resurrection. That sin doesn't reign in the Christian life. For he that is dead, in verse 7, is free from sin. We're dead. We're, we're, our lives are hit with Christ. And I don't I don't have a life anymore. Because I have this new life in Christ, right? It's not our life. It's Christ's life. Living in the Christian. In, this, in the newness of life. Those that have been planted together in the likeness of his death have been planted together in the likeness of his resurrection. In the resurrection power of Christ. So praise his holy name that, that those who are born again have been brought into this identification with Christ and his death and his burial and his resurrection. And sin shall not reign in your mortal body. But I do think it all starts back in chapter 5. It all starts back in chapter 5, understanding the imputed righteousness of Christ. That um, when when we come to that understanding of through one man's sin we were all made sinners, yet through one man's obedience, through one man's sacrifice, many will be um, made righteous or declared righteous through the blood of Christ. When that's our position, when that's our standing, when that's our daily meditation, and how can we meditate on those realities without not coming to the cross of Christ? Without coming to his death, burial, and resurrection. And when we go there, we're just we're just daily. Paul said, We're dead with Christ, yet we're daily dying with Christ. Right? Um, even in Romans six six he says a little different than he says in Romans six eleven. In six six he says, Knowing this our old man is crucified, the body might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. But then in verse eleven chapter six Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in verse 6, he talks about our death with Christ as something in the past. That, that when we were justified, when we were born again, we, we were brought into this spiritual union with Christ, and his death is our death. And now we have this perfect righteousness in Christ, and all 
given and we've been brought into this new life this this resurrection life and um in verse in verse 11 now we're daily reckoning we're daily contemplating our position in christ our death with christ christ the gospel and as we contemplate those things we're, we're having more and more power over sin and power to obey Christ. And that's what he says in verse 12. Verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. You should obey the lust thereof. Right? Neither yield your members to the instruments of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves to the God and those who are alive from the dead and your members of instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. If this is your position, if we're, if we're, if we're, and it's interesting, in 13, it's a command. He's commanding the Christian to do this. Neither yield yourselves as members of unrighteousness under sin. He's saying, don't do that. If we're, if our position in Christ, if we know our position in Christ, if we know the gospel and it's ripped our hearts, now we're partakers of the gospel. Sin will not reign in your life. Obviously, but what is the ruling factor in your life is the question. 
being ruled by everything around us, or are we ruling and reigning by the power of Jesus Christ, because of who he is and what he has done, and all the glories of his righteousness, and what we have in him. And uh, I pray we're reigning through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise his holy name. Amen. 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 Does anybody have anything that I asked or comment? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad everybody was able to listen tonight. Sorry for the delay at the beginning. I wish I could have connected directly. Amen. Call, but, um, Amen. Hey, was that Jeremiah? No. Yes. Sorry, I heard. It. I thought I heard a child for a minute. Yeah, it's it's Jeremiah, I think. Jeremiah, you were there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, I can barely hear you guys. I'm glad you guys. You you can all hear me though, right? Yes, we can hear John either. I think we'll end there. Um, please do keep us in prayer. That the schedule is pretty rigorous the next few days. That the uh, many would be converted. Um, many people we're talking here to here, you know, make a profession, but it's pretty uh, hollow for most of them. So pray that the Lord will work in a mighty way, bring salvation and to edify the people. We're obviously in touch with them. Pray that God will work. If no one has anything to add, I'll pray. Unless anybody has one last thing to say. The power to live the Christian life, as we were talking, is uh, remembering our union with Christ. And I was thinking through, as we meditate upon the Lord Jesus in his work, as we see him on the cross, as we see him being wounded for us, as we see him being forsaken for us, as we see him in his agony there in his cross work, that'll help us to hate sin and to love him even more and to want to uh, live for him even more. And that is uh, gospel sanctification. And we can uh, think about that when we think about all of the work of Christ and his, uh, seeing him in his resurrection. This seeing him in his exaltation. Amen. Seeing him in his resurrection and exaltation. Amen. So I think we'll end there. If anybody wants to contact me, you can contact me through WhatsApp. Just let Michelle know or, or just get on to WhatsApp and send me a message if you wanted to contact me. Um, and I'll be posting stuff on Facebook, although I don't usually recommend Facebook too much, but uh, I'm very limited with my friends on Facebook. But other than that, if you want to contact us, those are the ways to contact yeah. me. But let's, uh, oh, we'll plan yeah. to be back on Friday. Um, and I'm planning to do the Bible study next Saturday. Um, and then be at church service. Our Lord willing, I already have a, a sermon prepared for that Sunday, mostly prepared. So uh, please keep us in prayer. And let me pray now.
What, what was that? Somebody asked them. Okay, let me pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace. Oh, thank you for the righteousness of Christ. Father, thank you for the gospel that it works in our hearts and transforms our lives, Lord, and we're preordained to rule and reign, Lord God, by your grace. May you give us power to use all the means of grace, Lord God. Thank you for your grace and abundant mercy towards us in Christ. Oh, Lord, might we reign in life. May life not reign us or rule us, Lord, but may we rule life by the power of Christ and what he's done for us and in us, Lord God. Please work these truths in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.